people deluded i'm back again good morning on this fine tuesday i hope you're all doing well and safe thank you very much as per usual of checking back in to another edition of the deluded podcast now the games are coming thick and fast obviously we're at the last furlough furlong in the season and the, like i said the games are coming thick and fast there's not too many left like off the top of my head you know this week arsenal will play in the fa cup man city and obviously liverpool um, after that, we've got Villa and I believe Watford. I don't think I'm, I'm missing out a team. So the games are coming thick and fast. I'm sure you all saw how political the top four race is looking and has looked. And when you consider Chelsea, Leicester lost, obviously Man United last night bottled a fantastic opportunity to make ground, leapfrog into third. Instead, Manchester United remain fifth. And that's probably their Achilles heel is that when... I won't say when they need to win because they have been needing to win, but when it's kind of a thing where it's time to join the ascendancy or leapfrog, leapfrog United have kind of been failing. And we'll touch on it again, but, you know, United are one of the most entertaining teams, I feel, in terms of form in the Premier League. Their counter-attack is devastating. Martial and Rashford were up to 16, 17 goals for the season yesterday. But for, obviously Rashford could have scored. Martial also had a, had a chance, but it's down to defending and conceding cheap goals. Um, Southampton started strongly. Um... So I think they deserve that goal, but definitely the last goal is, is what is what is being said from the set pieces. That's something United need to improve at. I don't know what Maguire is doing um, for Southampton. You know, it's a good it's a good point to get considering um, the dynamics. Arsenal obviously we lost the North London derby. Norwich are confirmed relegated from the league. So there's a lot of things, people. I mean, you know, it's a mad weekend when eleven goals come. There was eleven goals combined. <laughs> For David McGoldrick, Trezeguet of Aston Villa, Lacazette and Solanke of Arsenal and obviously Mikel Antonio who scored four goals against Norwich and I believe is the first player in a while to do that in the league for West Ham. That's his first hat-trick and obviously it condemns what we already knew which was the inevitable in that Norwich will not have much of a lifespan in the Premier League and it's confirmed um, that they're going down. Um, before we begin, obviously the rather sad news, Spurs fullback Serge Aurier's brother um, he was also a footballer, has been shot dead. Um, he was shot dead yesterday morning, apparently outside a nightclub at around 5am French time. And, you know, with what's going on in 2020 as a whole, obviously, with uh, and COVID, it's sad to lose someone prematurely by these certain circumstances. Like, we don't need to expand, but you can imagine how horrific the nature of going out like that, dying like that is. is. So I'd like to be first and foremost say, you know, condolences to Serge Aurier and his extended family. I hope God provides them with the strength to carry on and, and you know, find some way of just getting back to normal if they can. You know, it will never be normal again. They've lost someone which is a, a massive part of their life, which is a sibling. I believe that's actually Aurier's younger brother. So sadly, you know, like a lot of our siblings or if we've got nephews and things like that, we take on the sort of father or brother role. So he might be thinking what he could have done, even though there's nothing he could have done, really. So I'd like to say my condolences to him. It's never nice to hear about things like that. Um, and hopefully, you know, his family are able to get through it and like I said strength to Serge Aurier and all members of his family because you know somebody's lost a son somebody's lost a brother somebody's lost potentially a father somebody's lost just someone that means something to them and it's, it's sad man especially when someone dies too soon moving away from that though we might as well jump straight back into the Premier League action people really and truly and you know what 
we've got to start with my team, Arsenal. Now, we lost the first North London derby at, at, at their new ground. Jose maintains his decent home record against Arsenal. Chelsea, um, not Chelsea, Spurs have had a decent home record in recent games or recent years against us, and they continued. And for Arsenal, it's, it's simply a capitulation, you know. Like against Leicester in the week as well, people. Um... We're going into we're going into games holding we're going into games knowing the ramifications. We're taking the lead. Ultimately, we're failing to walk away with the three points. It was the same theme of game management of being switched on. I think it was a tale of four halves, two in each in in, in the first and second half respectively. Focusing on the second half for me, people, it was quite annoying because I felt the first twenty minutes in the second half we started quite strongly, and I was positive with that because if I was Spurs at half time, I'd say, listen, it took a fantastic effort and a crack it was from Lacazette to score against us other than that Arsenal have got in behind we've got in behind them but it's only 1-0 um, you know it's 1-1 one, one at this point but you know they've only scored one goal we can score more and things like that and you know normally Arsenal in the last recent games we've been the poor side in the second half and we were in this um, but con considering the dynamics of not starting the second half well I think we did I think that might have had a negative effect because it allowed complacency. Defenders are, there's too many gaps in our back three. We're creeping into old habits and Spurs began to take a foothold and bang and bang on the door, people, really and truly, you know. Their corner came against the run of play because we're making silly mistakes. And from that set piece, I listen, I don't think Arteta's the fault we lost, but just for that set piece, Arteta's the one coaching them. So I can't understand why Tierney is marking Toby Adeverold and I don't understand what anyone else is doing because they're all kept flat-footed. And in terms of game management, you know, if it's not Kalajin actually makes that mistake and he has to hold his hands up, it's Mustafi or Louise or somebody else. And these, we've what, dropped 21 points all season from winning positions. Where would we be with them 20 point, 21 points? You know, we've dropped 15 under Arteta. You know, Arteta can give all the tactics he wants until he's blue in the face. Some of these players are just, just simply on their best days, just simply not good enough. And I've got too much bad habits. And again, like I almost, I find myself saying in all games, this is another game I find myself, you're looking at the board, you're saying, OK, Arteta might, he, he might, I think he is the manager for Arsenal to take us forward. But, you know, in the future, he might prove that he's not, he, you know, he's going to learn, he's going to make mistakes. But so far, Arteta has shown me enough tactical now, enough work ethic, enough stuff to, to think that he's not the problem. Like he could do things with better players. Some of these players are just not good enough, really and truly. And this is why you can't let form gas you because Kolasinac, Louise and Mustafi, by their own standards, at various points this season, they've been decent. The sad thing is they've always got these mistakes. And when you're doing this five, six, seven times collectively, it's going to cost you in the long run. And obviously, we've taken the lead. We've conceded three minutes after. We've lost the game nine minutes from time. What did I say? Game management. The amount of goals we've conceded in the last 15 to 25 minutes is ridiculous. And that's been happening since Arteta's came in. Um, I feel, yeah, man, I feel I feel it was a game for the fullbacks in the first half. I feel all the attackers of both teams were having more fun centrally um, because of the mismatch. You know, they went with 4-4-2. We went with three at the back. Naturally, we're going to cancel each other out. And I think we both teams' fullbacks did well in that regards. I feel our wingers were quite narrow. I think Pepe played all right, showed how good and frustrating he is. Obviously, Lacazette doesn't start too many games under Arteta. And he's not only started, he's scored in his start. And he scored away from home. You're almost in dreamland. But simply, people, again, it's the same 
problems, individual errors, an inability to hold the lead, an inability to, to manage games, allowing cheap goals and not maintaining high standards. Like the hardest thing to do is maintain your standards in the last 10 as in the first 10. And, you know, you look at Vardy's in midweek, you look at now, you now look at the goal we conceded against Spurs and it's just switching off. I know Kane didn't score, but again, I don't know if players are learning because there were so many times Kane is getting in between fullback and centre-half or centre-half and centre-half. Um, bearing in mind we've got three at the back and able to cause issues and that shows me you're not watching what you did against Vardy because Vardy was peeling on the last shoulder it is what it is you know credit to Spurs Spurs did a number I'm sure Spurs there were elements of luck but I don't like luck because Arsenal shot themselves in the foot at the end of the day Spurs took their chances that Arsenal presented greatly and I think it was a good team plan from Jose I think Winks and, and Lacelso did a good job not getting yellow card, card yellow carded earlier and they broke down play and made fouls but Arsenal shot themselves in the foot and that's been the case all season. Since the restart, we've been given cheap goals. You know, we've given two cheap goals away to Brighton. We've given two cheap goals away to Man City. We've given two cheap goals against Spurs and there's probably a bag of others. You know, Leicester was switching off and conceding cheap goals. Fair enough, we're down to 10 men. But again, you could see the signs and an inability to manage games is what's going to cost this team. You, um, and some of these players need to look close to home. The majority of this squad simply is not good enough for what Arsenal want to do. That's the, that's the reality of the situation. Um, with Arsenal potentially missing out on Europa League, I know Europa League isn't as commercially attractive as the Champions League. I mean, we got as much for the final, reaching the final in Europa League as Inter Milan did getting in the group stages last year. But let's not kid ourselves. Um, from a financial point of view, it is imperative Arsenal get, get Europa League. And even that's looking a myth because you don't even get that unless you win the FA Cup. And obviously, I'm scared because if you can't... We knew form goes out the window playing playing, you know, um, playing Spurs, especially a Jose side, especially when you're Arsenal. Again, it's a team that's gone into this saying, oh, our season turns around, our bad form turns around playing Arsenal. Um, but if you can't play decent against Spurs, what do you think is going to happen against this Man City team in the FA Cup, whether they rotate or not? They're scoring five goals almost every week now. You know, they're demolishing teams since the restart. I think, you know, they've only lost to Southampton with that great goal from Che Adams. Are we going to do a thing like that? I hope so. I hope Pep like um, Nice is, is, is Cody and Arteta and lets us win. And, it's, and before all of that, whether Liverpool, Liverpool by their own standards, naturally there's going to be elements of taking their feet off the gas because they are now league champions. But, if you can't defend well against Liverpool, against Spurs, you have no chance against Sane, 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 Mane, Mohamed Salah, you know, Firmino and the rest of them. They all share the goals about. And Arsenal, you know, <laughs> we've, we've, in the last four or five games or so, we've probably conceded close to 30 goals against this team. Definitely in our 20s or so. And my maths is poor. So it's not going to get much better, is it, people? Um it is what it is in that regards. With that being said, Arsenal still still haven't beaten a top six rival away in the Premier League since 2015, which there's many problems wrong with Arsenal before you speak about that, but kind of highlights the position we are in as a club. Arsenal, like I said, have dropped 21 points from winning positions this season. Only West Ham have, have, have lost more, which is 24. And I mean, considering West Ham are in the thick of a relegation battle, you don't want to be among their company for any stats. It's not going to show anything positive. Um, we've, and, 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 Zach, and one thing as well, in terms of losing the lead, we're unable to kind of claw ourselves back into games. We've won just one game of, of the 10 Premier League games under Arteta where the opposition has scored, which is, you know, they've lost four, drawn five and won one. We gave up nine shots on target against Spurs. 
We had 77, 76% of the possession in the second half. But what did we do with it? Um, under Arteta, like I said, we dropped 21 points all season, 15 points under him. We've only got one win and just six points from a possible 27 against the big six this season so far, which is appalling. 45 of our goals have been conceded this season from set pieces, which is the highest in the Premier League, which again fundamentally shows our problem. Um, nine of the 17 goals Arsenal have conceded in the Premier League under Mikel Arteta have been scored in the 75th minute or later, which again shows our problems with game management, with defending convincingly, with having the bottle to go into context of games home and away and win and get positive results. All these stats I've just said are, are, are mini factors or part ingredients of a cocktail as to why Arsenal find themselves in this delicate position, to put it nicely. One benefit was obviously it was a effing cracker from Lacazette of a goal. I think he needed that as well. Um, you know, Lacazette has three goals in his last four games against Spurs, so he likes playing against them. For me, you know, it's rare to see Arteta start Lacazette, especially because of his form and Eddie. It's rare to see him score in a start because I believe prior all his goals came as a sub in the league um, and away from home. So Lacazette did very well, man. I think Ceballos played well. I think Lacazette did okay in the game. Um, couple man did okay but they're the only ones I think glaringly obvious I think couldn't have asked more of Martinez potentially I think he came out too quick for Son's goal but you know when people are doing what Kalajanac is doing what can you do people it is what it is and obviously with Spurs winning 2-1 it's the 10th time either side has come from behind to win this fixture in the Premier League um, it, all, it has the joint most comeback wins in a single fixture in Premier League history this fixture also has the most draws people which is crazy um, for Son, he scored his first Premier League goal against Arsenal in his 10th appearance. Um, it took him just 137 seconds to equalise after we took the lead. He's obviously the first player to score and assist in the Premier League against Arsenal since 2012 when Emmanuel Adebayo did so. Obviously, he's a pagan. Um, Lacazette, another bit on Lacazette. He's the first player to score home and away against Spurs in a single season since Pierre Mertesacker in 2012-13. Excluding that, though, it was a day to forget for Arsenal. And it, you know, you just were begging for the season to be done, people, really. Because, like I said, we've got City in the Cup to come. We've got Liverpool um, tomorrow. And we've got Aston Villa and Watford, two sides fighting relegation. You never know what you're going to get against those teams. Um, so I just want the season to be done, if I'm completely honest with you people. But we'll have to see what I'll go on. Moving away from that, though. And obviously, Everton have been woeful. And they were woeful in this game against Wolves. They lost 3-0. Um, could have been four. I don't know how Adama Traore missed from like four yards. Pickford needs questioning because every week if he's not doing something questionable, he's making a mistake that his blushes get spared. You know, you're looking at um, Pope of, of Burnley compared to how he played against Liverpool in their draw. And you look how Dean Henderson's been all season. You know, obviously there's still question marks on both them keepers and stuff like that. But they're definitely better keepers than Pickford. Pickford, how is he still England number one? Just in terms of not doing your job, he's not improving. He's stagnating. I don't know if it's something mental, but he's making problems. Even Ben Foster, Watford's probably been better than him. And I'm not saying Watford, Ben Foster should be number one. There are serious question marks over Pickford. And if 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 the season, you know, if the COVID stuff didn't happen and we was going into a season like this, going into the Euros and Pickford was moving like this, is cause for concern, people. Because it doesn't matter if we have, you know, Bakayo Saka, Phil Foden, 
um, Greenwood all potentially options. You know, Jaden Sanjo, Sterling, you know, decent fullback options with Trent and Walker. It doesn't matter where everything else is. If we haven't got a defence at national team level, back five, including the keeper, or, you know, back six, if it's three at the back, five at the back with the keeper, can forget about it. And Pickford has been questionable. I mean, some shots that aren't, you know, down to his low left side, he should be saving. Sometimes he's spilling the ball. I just don't understand why he's stagnating. And maybe he's not pushing himself. I don't know. But for Watford, they were poor. I mean, for, for Wolves, you know, 3-0, they were perfect. Pundance, Raul Jimenez, you know, it was a lovely ball from, I believe, Neves for one of the goals. You know, Wolves are doing their thing and, you know, Wolves are still out the Champions League spaces. Um, but considering Leicester and Man United and, and Chelsea all drew blanks respectively and failed to win, Wolves, this makes it more important than winning 3-0 is a valuable three points, people. For, for Everton, I believe they only have four wins out of 32 away from home. Um, VAR is a bit ridiculous because I don't know how the penalty thing st stood, if I can remember correctly, um, which was which was ridiculous. Um, it is silly, but at the end of the day, three points, three goals for Wolves. Diego Jota has five goals for Wolves after coming on as a substitute. Everton have only kept one clean sheet in their last 17 away games in the Premier League, conceding at least two goals in 10 of these fixtures. Um, Jimenez has scored with all six of his penalties he's taken this season. Um, which he probably up there for one of the best ratios in the season, in the league. He's also been directly involved in 35 goals in all comps for Wolves this season, 25 goals and 10 assists. No other Premier League player has had a hand in more. But he's level with Mo Salah for exactly that. So important three points for Wolves and it takes them closer to maybe getting their dreams of top four. Um, for West Ham, you know, it was a relegation clash, a relegation battle, a six-pointer. Norwich more or less gone. You know, Norwich are woeful. I mean, after the game, you even heard their manager say it many times this season. It's been boys, it's been men against boys. Um, and they're gone and they're gone down. You know, who knows if they'll ever bounce back? You know, I see young former Arsenal midfielder Josh Martin getting more Premier League minutes. They've obviously got Ida, I can't say his name, the young striker. Um, and there's actually no rust in the grand scheme of things for their young players to leave. But such is the dynamic. You'd imagine Ben Godfrey, Max Ahrens, potentially Jamal Lewis, definitely Buendia. Um, you know, couple of Cantwell, if I haven't said him already, these guys will get inquiries in the summer. If they don't leave, there'll be decent offers. I believe their football director has even said, you know, 20, million, 20 minimum minimum kind of to start talks for these players. So, yeah, obviously there's going to be a track off. Um, you know, there's they're probably going to get parachute payments and stuff to, to help them financially. But it's naive to think there won't be cutbacks at all levels for Norwich. You know, people will lose their jobs. Honest people who need their nine to five will lose their jobs. Certain players will never play in the Premier League again. A lot of them will get moves. It's like Bournemouth. If Bournemouth go down, you can't think too many of them players are getting moves. Like I think, I'd say definite moves. Ake, you know. Um, you know, who else is there really and truly? I'd say definite moves. Probably Ake is the first one that's coming to mind where I think definite. Fraser will probably get a Premier League move. Josh King probably can grab a move. Um, who else Who else is there? You know, there's a couple other guys here and there. Wilson might be able to grab a Premier move, but, you know, the likes of Cook and Francis, they're condemned to life in the Championship. I don't know if someone will bid for Harvey Brooks with his injury, but he, he might benefit from another year at Bournemouth. But he also might leave. And their manager, Eddie Howe, there's also a case to say, you know, he's managed the ship for time. He's helped navigate them through the through the divisions. Is it time for a healthy divorce? Is it time for, does he want to manage in the championship? And he's managed in the championship before. But, you know, 
there's going to be a drop-off. But what can I say, man? West Ham got the four points, got the three points, sorry, winning 4-0. Mikel Antonio, I know there's always some man there that's got him in his, got them in, got players like this in their FPL and he's repaid them. He got his hat-trick and he added a little sprinkle of a goal on top. Lovely for him, man. He's a nice guy and he's one of them players you, you don't, I mean, I have no affiliation to West Ham, but you want to see do well, man. He just seems like a nice guy, man. He's a cool guy. And I've actually met him and spoke to him. He's actually gave me a signed West Ham shirt. He's actually mad blessed people. Mad blessed. He's like one of the lads. He's proper humble. I don't know if it's because he didn't have the typical tra trajectory into the game. But he's mad humble. He's a proper nice guy, man. And for, for West Ham, it's an important three points. Especially going into the big game against Watford on Friday. It was woeful defending from Norwich. I mean, the last goal was effing ridiculous. I think this is seven defeats in on the spin in a row for Norwich. And it shows why they're in this position, people. And it, you know, at this point, Norwich just enjoy the, the 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 games you've got left. You know, I saw I saw the Norwich boss. He made like four substitutions at half time. So clearly, he's not impressed with anybody he's seeing. Clearly, he's asking question marks of the mentality. Clearly, he's feeling and he knows the inevitable that this squad might have to be rebuilt. Rebuilt. I don't know if Puki will get a move to the Prem because his form's been indifferent. Um, and he seems like he's getting everybody's feet wet and planning for next season. So I'd say enjoy it. Some of you players might not get another crack at the champ at the Premier League. Some of you might go and play at other teams, but just enjoy it, man. You did good work getting promoted to the championship from the championship. And this is the result of the hard work. You know, it's deserted you now and it's shown the fine margins of football. But you never know, man. I'd say I'd say just enjoy what they've got left, people. And I mean, Antonio's been ridiculous because seventy-eight percent of um since the restart, he's been had a hand in seventy eight percent of West Ham's goals. People scoring six and assisting and assisting one, which is ridiculous. I mean, the stats there are, are crazy. So big up to Antonio, man. I don't think he'll ever get in the England squad again. Or has he? I'm sure he's been called up. I could be wrong. I don't think he get England call up. But in terms of form, you know, he's been doing his thing. You know, City is boring talking about City. What can I say? They won 5-0 against Brighton. Brighton Brighton's defending was woeful. Just simply giving the ball away way too much, far too too much. Raheem Sterling gets a hat-trick, you know, the second good way to cap off the hat-trick. I don't know if he meant that header, but he did his thing. It's a hat-trick from him. I think he's having his best goal-scoring season. Um, it's business as usual, you know, Bernardo chipped in and who else? Gab Jesus chipped in as well. It's business as usual. And as an Arsenal fan, it's scary in that they were able to have fun with this game, dispatch them and they've got a game on, on Saturday in the FA Cup semi-final. And the only thing that gives me hope is that hearing the way Pep talks about the FA Cup he doesn't seem to prioritise like the Premier League been and gone you know the Champions League is the big one they will probably beat us and they will take it seriously but I'm just hoping small foot off the gas and the spirit of the FA Cup can be summoned because I don't know how we have a snowball's chance of defeating this team like I said big up Raheem Sterling on his hat trick City ran riot, ran, ran riot. There's nothing more to say on that front, man. For City, City have won their last two Premier League games by a score of five-plus goals. The first time this happened in the Premier League, City themselves did so on three consecutive games in 2017, September of that year. Man City have scored 15 Premier League goals from outside the box this season, three more than any other side. Raheem Sterling, like I said, has had his best ever season for goals in his career and he's now got 26 in all comps, so big up him. Moving on to Chelsea now, big up, first and foremost, big up McGoldrick, man. He's been, football, football's a weird game, football's like buses, you wait, you wait, you wait for one bus, it takes forever and then two come round and I mean, he's worked hard, he's, he's had a lot of shots, he's not had much luck, he's worked hard for Sheffield and he deserved his two goals for Chelsea, woeful defending. For Sheffield, they're laughing. They smacked up Spurs and, and Chelsea this this um this week and have 
all capping off a great season and big up Chris Wilder man I think these are the real heroes like I'm listen Pep Guardiola you lot know me that have been watching my YouTube content and stuff I'm Guardiola Jurgen Klopp for me they're up there with Ferguson and Wenger and these are people I try to learn from as an ambitious uh, ambitious wannabe coach and pod, uh, podcaster and all these things um, they're the benchmark but for me you've got to big up the coaches like Chris Wilder you know he's not working with mad resources no disrespect to these Sheffield players on form they get into a lot of sides if you was to offer these players around a lot not too many people are going for them the thing is names are not names don't win football matches football matches aren't won on paper he's assembled a great side they're switched on tactically all the players fight for him you know these are the managers that deserve the, the plaudits like I won't he has, for me, has a case to get PFA. Uh, it goes to Klopp for me. You can't, Klopp is the outstanding number one. I'm just saying Chris Wilder should get nominated because he's having a great season. Many people probably expected Sheffield to do a Norwich, come up here and, you know, kind of enjoy it and get smacked up, kind of behave like they did last time. But they've got a dynasty. They've created something now. I don't know if they'll go down next year. I don't know if they'll rebuild on their squad and add quality. But for now, I think for a man working with not the biggest resources and getting the maximum out of his side and getting results and consistency and turning it around in big games. Look, he's beating us. He's beating Chelsea. He's beating he's beating um, New York's Spurs. He's got some big results. And you know what? In the grand scheme of things, Arsenal Spurs ain't even big results for them because they've been better than us. But I feel he deserves his plaudits. For Chelsea, a woeful defending. Kepa, I don't know what he's doing in goal. Absolute butter fingers, Kit Kat fingers. I don't know what he's on. Ridiger, I don't know. Between him and is it Kelly of, of, of Bournemouth? I don't know. It's Premier League defending. I don't know what they're doing. And Chelsea looks like there's there's cracks in the armour and they're making this top four shout harder for them than it needed to be like they had a hand on it they could still do it they've got Norwich today against a team that's already relegated they need to get three points but they're making a meal of it for Lampard obviously he changes systems a lot you know attackingly he's got he's good going forward but I guess you have to ask questions not only of the players how poor they are but also of how he's setting them up I think it was a learning curve for Reese James I think he had a positive game going forward but at least two goals came from his side and one goal he switched off and you know the positioning in the final arts like things he's kind of been struggle, struggling with in his debut season but it's his first season I think Reese James will come good but it's a testing period and for Chelsea I feel sorry for people like Reese James you know he's a young relative novice he's looking around he's seeing experienced individuals making mistakes curling into a ball I'm seeing Aspilicueta drop his head like people the same things I see at Arsenal and have seen i saw it in that game it's like everybody's looking for someone else to make the difference nobody knows what to do nobody knows what they're doing it was just simply a woeful game and chelsea a team that wants to get top four and wants to grab it by both hands shouldn't concede the goals they were conceding i mean uh, sheffield united absolutely worked them for their goals they were actually well taken goals from mcgoldrick um to be fair within the contexts and obviously ollie mcburney um Chelsea defended very poorly in that game collectively, man. It, it, it is poor. It really is poor. Really, really is poor. But big up McGoldrick, like I said, man. He scored his very first Premier League goal. It, the first goal took him 42 shots and um, 1,615 minutes. But then he, again, he walked around with two. And McGoldrick and McBurney are the only two duo with the same surname prefix to score in the same Premier League game for the same side. Um, the last time that was happening it was in May 2013 where McManaman and MacArthur of Wigan did such. For McGoldrick at 32 years of age, he's the oldest player to score a brace against Chelsea in the Premier League since a certain De Canio for West Ham in September 2002, who was 34 at the time. Um, Chelsea, similar to Arsenal, possession doesn't mean anything if you're not going to do anything with it. They had 76% of the possession like Arsenal but lost 3-0. 
Um, so it shows you possession means nothing. You need to have a plan. You need to do what the manager is telling you and you need to be switched on. Chelsea were poor. And that's a thing that's going to shoot us. That's going to shoot United, Chelsea and definitely Arsenal and even Spurs. Like these two, these four teams I've just said, conceding cheap and quite frankly, ridiculous goals week in, week out, really, for, for teams that want to get top four and do things like that. It makes no sense. Moving away to Liverpool, you know, Liverpool, they looked good. They looked good against Palace and they have been winning games. But let's be honest, they've dropped off a bit since they became champions naturally, whether they've tried to actively do that or not. There's no Champions League for them to still fight on. Um, are they still in the FA Cup? I could be wrong. I'm not too sure. I don't think they are. It's only firmly the Premier League. And, you know, I'm sure I know Klopp said they want to try and chase the points record now. They're making hard work of it. They've got Arsenal tomorrow. So, you know, their positivity could be restored. But they shot themselves in the foot against Burnley. They took the lead. They had the lion's share of possession. I think Burnley were holding on by a thread. Liverpool didn't really take the chances. Now, Nick Pope, let me big him up. Serious form. Serious form from Nick Pope. No, number of quality saves from Pope, man. Big, big saves. And to be fair, he's unlucky to even concede. And again, like Dean Henderson, they're putting pressure on, on Pickford because there's no logical reason for Pickford to be England's number one choice on current form. Burnley almost robbed it at the end, obviously. And I forgot to say they obviously scored an, a late equaliser courtesy of Rodriguez and almost nicked it at the, at the end. Um, positive. I don't know why Robertson was on the right-hand side being a left-back for that header, but it was a good header from him. Um, I think Curtis Jones had an encouraging first Premier League start and I hope he gets more opportunities at the end of this year. And with the need to change things up, I'm, I don't think he's going to be a regular playing every day, but I think I would like to see him get more opportunities at Liverpool because I think he's someone that could come through and more importantly come good for them and obviously England if he's given enough opportunities. But let's just let him develop. Um, yeah, man, two points firmly dropped for Liverpool, but considering, you know, it it could have they could have lost it at the end. I'm sure they'll take a walk away with that. But to be fair to Burnley, you know, they held on. They remained, they, they kept fighting and this is what happens. You walk away with something. A point against the reigning champions and again, they're ahead by 20-something points is nothing to be ashamed of by any stretch of the imagination. Now, I won't say the most surprising result of this of the Premier League, this latest fixture round, because for me, that was Chelsea, just the fact that they lost 3-0. Um in fact, it probably is Bournemouth, you know, against Leicester. Leicester were defeated four goals to one. They took the lead. I felt Bournemouth were going to start a slump because, like I said earlier, if you saw what Kelly, Lloyd Kelly, I was calling Martin earlier, Lloyd Kelly was doing for that goal. I don't know what he's doing. It's like he's trying to play power league. It, it makes no sense. It's calamitous. Leicester bottled it. They're feeling pressure. To highlight Leicester's bottling, at a point, they were ahead of Man United by 14 points and now United are down their necks like Chelsea. If Leicester do not hear the Champions League song in, at, at Leicester's home ground next season, they've only got themselves to blame because they were running away with it. Before, it was a foregone conclusion that third was, you know, first to third was con con confirmed spaces. Now third and fourth are up for grabs. And, you know, considering United and Chelsea drop points, they're probably laughing because there's still an opportunity. Leicester could have made headlines, headwinds. It seems like every no one wants to claim this this third, third or fourth for themselves and just run away with it at this moment this season. For Leicester, they capitulated. You know, they took the lead. Vardy scored courtesy a mistake and then they quickly capitulated. You know, silly red card from Sienchu lashing out at Wilson. Casper Smichael and Ndidi had games to forget really and truly, as did the collective team. Um, it's the first time outside the top four since September that they could not have picked up a worse... Um... Yeah, people, man. Like, it's, it's, it's... Sorry, people, I can't... 
I've deleted that stat, so forget forget that. But yeah, man, as you saw, it's, it's poor from Leicester. I mean, conceding four goals against a team that will probably go down, a team where the golfing class is down. I think you have to ask question marks, man. I think Telemans has dropped off a bit. I think clearly Vardy's still in form. Vardy's chasing the golden boot. But I think players have dropped off. And like you saw at Evans' own goal, some of the goals Leicester have been conceding are just calamitous. And, you know, you know it's a bad day when you let Solanke score, people. And Dominic Solanke, obviously, big moment for him. He scored his first Premier League goal for Bournemouth with what was his 37th attempt in the competition um, for the Cherries. And I think he's made 39 appearances in all comps. Um, for Leicester, Leicester the first team to have a player sent off, concede a, go- concede a penalty and score an own goal in a single Premier League match since Wolves did that in 2019 against City. For Bournemouth, Bournemouth have won a Premier League game after tra- trailing at half-time for the first time since August 2018, which they did that against West Ham. Um, prior to this, the, the Cherries were on a winless run in their last 28 games, in which they had trialled at the break prior to, obviously, the game. So big three points for Bournemouth. Who knows? It could help keep them up, but I think they're personally gone. Um, for Villa, big three points for Villa against Palace. You know, Trezeguet, um at the du- at the double for Aston Villa, taking advantage of lapses in concentration. What can you say, people? Um, Trezeguet's the only player to score more goals for Aston Villa this season in the Premier League. Dane Jack Grealish, Grealish has seven. Trezeguet's got five. Um, he's the only he's only the second Villa player to score a brace in this season's competition. Wesley did it in 2019 against Norwich in October. Now, Manchester United, again, we were just speaking about teams that shot themselves in the foot, making harder work of the top four than it needs to be. And I think Man United, you know, since the restart on the balance of things, things have been clicking. Um, credit to what's going on the training ground. I don't know if it's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, McKenna or Carrick, but clearly, you know, United have got a swagger back. I saw that this is the most they've looked this season like a Man United team in which the biggest compliment I can say, like Ferguson was managing managing them. And I believe he is because mysteriously Ferguson is coming back to games again and VAR is going in United's favour and penalties again and again. You know, I got love for Ferguson. I had to do it. But on a serious note, since the restart, in terms of entertainment from a neutral, United's counter-attack has been devastating. And I think United have the on form, like everybody clicking, probably the most, definitely since the restart, the most on-form collective front three. Um, I think they've got the third best at this moment in time in the league. I think City's combinations are better. And obviously Liverpool's, for me, are a class ahead. I know people will point to Firmino's lack of goals, but I think they all complement each other. But... United look devastating on the counter-attack. United are playing with a swagger collectively and individually. You know, Martial again scoring a thumping goal. You know, Rashford again on the score sheet. Bruno Fernandes again with an assist. But again, with United, yeah, for United to be going and doing what Liverpool's doing this year or getting in that debate with Liverpool and City, they've got a squad. And when they play like this, when they play like they've been playing all week, I mean, all season, well, since the restart, nobody can stop them except themselves. United are their own worst enemies. They concede in cheap goals, like my team, Arsenal, cheap goals. You saw, like, they did the, they were they were hanging in a bit, you know, Rashford and Martial should have probably added to their tallies, people, but the, the goal they conceded, I don't know what Harry Maguire is doing, it's cheap goals. Until United stop conceding these cheap goals, they can forget about making progress, people. And it's another set piece which lets down United, and a set piece in the 90-odd minute. Like I said, with Arsenal, game management, United should have said, OK, we got ourselves back in the game. We weathered some strong start from Southampton. You know, we've had chances to score. They've banged on the door. Let's manage out the game. And they failed to do that. They really failed to do that. Lindelof, I don't know um, if, if he's the long-term answer, but I think he had a better game than Maguire. And it's just silly mistakes, man. Silly mistakes. 
And I think I thought United were going to go on to run right because of the way they hit back. And I know I'm focusing on the second goal, and I'm a big fan of Pogba, but Pogba's got to do better for the first goal. If they win, their blushes are spurred. Obviously, it's, mag it's magnified. These mistakes are going to happen. Players are going to make these sort of mistakes, but it's about minimising them, and Pogba's got to hold his hands up because it was terrible. You know, I think Nathan Redmond put in a serious shift for Southampton. I think Armstrong did all right. I think on the grand scheme, I think Southampton deserved to walk away with a point, but for United, considering they could have been propelled into third and they're now fifth, it, it's silly, people. Mason Greenwood showed he's young and this is why I say stop allowing with the hype. I get hype. I hype him all the time. I think he's going to be a quality player. But games like that show his age. He's a young man and on the scheme of things, you know, he's played more better games than he was anonymous. I think yesterday showed his age because you saw in the game, for whatever reason, Rashford and, and, and Martial were in, it, in it, were in the game a bit more than him and you saw his youthful naivety take over in that you drop you find yourself dropping deep to try and get onto the ball you find yourself drifting slightly over to try and get onto the ball because you kind of recognise that you're playing quite quiet when sometimes you've got to have that maturity to just you know, to, to, to think of these things but just stay in your position and stuff and this, these sort of things will come man Greenwood's a baller but calling it for what it is you know yesterday was a quiet one from him people um, like I said, the good the United showed the good, bad, and the ugly. The good, they can when when they're playing some of the passes they were they were doing. I, I couldn't believe these were some of the some players that were that were not doing this a couple of months ago, playing with a swagger, playing with a smile, devastating on the counter attack. Quickly, you know, take go take the lead quickly, re, um, return fire and, and and go back in the game when they concede. But the bad is this see, it, 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 it is not taking their chances. Commit comedic chances not being taken almost and the ugly is the goals they're conceding like the first one is poor from Pogba in the build-up but I don't want to not credit Southampton because Danny Ings presses the hell out of Pogba for that goal second goal shouldn't be conceding shouldn't be conceding you shouldn't be conceding so it's almost at the end of the day it's a it's a draw but I'm sure most United fans it feels like a loss for them the good thing is again if you're looking for positives as a Chelsea United or Leicester fan all of you lot choked for um for, for Chelsea they're going up against Norwich um for United, I'm not sure who United got next. It's down here somewhere. We'll preview that. But yeah, for Martial, he hit 50 Premier League goals. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer wasn't happy at all. He said, we didn't deserve three points today. It's all part of learning for this team to be sat there really disappointed after you think you have three points in the bag. Um, Maguire um, spoke on set pieces and he said, we have improved on defending set plays. We had a terrible record at the start of the season, but we've been really good on them. They can't get in when we have four men around the goal. We'll look at it. So, again, they were poor. It was a calamitous goal. I think, if I remember correctly, correctly, Maguire looks like he's marking a Man United player. So, I don't know what's going on. For Manchester United, they have failed to win two Premier League games at Old Trafford thanks to the 90th, um, thanks to goals conceded in the 90th minute this season. Um, prior to that, that happened in their last previous 519 PO games. So, yeah, man, they've only drawn one in, in that regards, in 519 prior. Um, you know, Martial, on top of getting 50 league goals, his assist for Marcus Rashford... For the, for the for the equaliser with the sixth time the Man United pair have combined for a goal in the Premier League this season, no duo has combined for more goals. And I think there's a good base. You know, if United sign a left side, a centre half for me, and I know Shaw's been okay since the restart, a left back and just in maybe a right winger. And if it's Sancho and just in, try and improve the depth in the team, maybe if there's a, a quality defensive mid you can get. But um, they've got Matic playing well. I think United could do things, you know. They look there's there's good elements, you know. If they and again, it's just a case of if if they stop conceding these cheap goals, if they marry Alex Ferguson's United with, yeah, we need to play with a swagger, we need to be good on the counter, but defending, we need to look convincing. If they marry that together, they've got a good base 
for what for, for next season and beyond that because you saw it man on their day Rashford Greenwood coming into the fray Martial they're devilish in front of goal Bruno Fernandes behind them I don't think Bruno had his best of games I think he got an assist he's a lovely player but I think at times he tries to do the hard things too frequently too much and you know you're always going to lose the ball and be wasteful being them sort of players there but I think at times he could do the simple things and the simple pass I think at times he's too eager to impress but Bruno is a quality player he's shown it man it feels like he's been here since since the summer that's testament to him because he's only joined in January and he's probably up there for goal involvements and assists and things but United won't care about none of this in that game because they obviously conceded a late goal but there's good base levels. My Martial and, and, and Rashford, for me, they're smiling. I don't care about Martial's smile, but it's his mentality. It's that he looks like if he if I miss a shot, I'm going to take a next thing and try again. Before, it looked like it meant too much to him missing and scoring. I don't know if he was playing with the clarity of the mind. I don't know if he lost his mojo. I don't know if there was too much manager pressures. But they're playing with a healthy swagger. They're playing with a smile. It looks like a positive environment to be at in Manchester United. But it, in relation to this game, it's two points dropped. Two valuable points dropped, man. Um, only Liverpool, City and Chelsea have won more points away from home in the Premier League this season than Southampton. So Southampton are on away games. For Armstrong, he's been directly involved in five goals in his last six Premier League games, three assists and two goals, which is as many as he had in his previous 40 people, which shows his quality for Southampton so far. Now, Watford, big three points for Watford, big three points for Watford, beating beating Newcastle. Obviously, Deeney stepped up for two penalties. Watford aren't going to care how they do it. They came from behind and they, and they walked away with three points. And especially going into Friday's game, Watford need that, Watford versus West Ham. Lovely comeback. They're not going to care how they score. I mean... It's a silly red. It's a silly yellow, um, silly penalty. Sorry for Richie, and I believe it was Newcastle's Fernandez. Um, obviously, um, Dwight Gale's been in decent form. I don't think he's a Premier League player. I think he's a Championship player, but he's doing his best to shut me up. He's got three goals since the restart, and it's the first time I believe Nigel Pearson has actually beaten um, Steve Bruce in the Premier League. I think they, they, the commentator said, and I was pre in the game, so that's decent, man. Moving away from, from that and previewing the Premier League games to come, you know, like I said today, Chelsea have Norwich and they have to bounce back. They have to get back to winning ways. Bournemouth full of confidence after defeating um, Leicester, but it doesn't get much better because City is City versus Bournemouth. You'd imagine City make some rotations with Saturday's game in mind. Burnley against Wolves, you know, both teams have reasons for confidence. Wolves demolished Everton, where Burnley, you know, they got three points. Um, they got a point off the champions. For Spurs, you know, typically you see many teams, their season or, or they, they go in a bit of form when they beat Arsenal. They've got Newcastle. So, yeah, and I'm pretty sure Newcastle beat them in the reverse fixture. I'm sure they want revenge. You've got Southampton versus Brighton. You know, Brighton got demolished against City. Southampton fought back away from home to obviously grab a point against United. You've got Leicester against Sheffield United as well. Let Sheffield have been in good form. Leicester need to win. That's going to be a good clash. You've got Everton against Aston Villa. You've got Palace against United. Palace at home to United, which could be a crazy one midweek. Um, at Selhurst Park, I know the fans ain't there and the energy won't be there, but the same. You've got the, for me, probably the most entertaining clash will be Watford versus West Ham because that's a six-pointer without a doubt. And for you neutrals, because Arsenal's entertainment value, obviously you have Arsenal versus Liverpool and that's going to get long for us people. Hopefully Jurgen Klopp plays his under-15s or 16s. 
quick glance at La Liga and um, if Villarreal um, lose to Real Madrid on Thursday, Real Madrid will complete a good comeback in the league, which Barcelona bottled, and will be crowned champions. In fact, Madrid just need one win to be La Liga champions and Ramos has been central to it. They obviously won last night as well. Um, F- um, Ferland Mendy scored a banger and obviously Benzema and how Benzema is, play- is is performing with these wide options Madrid are moving with and the form they're in is beyond me but he's doing his thing um, so it means little that Barcelona obviously won their game I believe they played Valladolid I watched the highlights of the game Vidal scored um, and with that Messi got an assist he's the second player to score 20 goals um, which he got 22 and provide 20 assists in a single campaign in the top flight divisions in top five European leagues in the 21st century after Thierry Henry, um, which he did it in 2002-03, which Henry got 24 goals, 20 assists. Um, away from that, Atletico Madrid and Seville confirmed their qualification, I believe, for the Champions League. Um, and, and as well, I know I didn't mention it in the Southampton game, but Greenwood, Romeo, Oreo Romeo is a lucky boy. That's a very sinister challenge from him. He tried to do him. And, you know, it's sad to say, but if Greenwood makes a meal of that, you know, Greenwood probably gets him sent off. And I don't believe a player should have to make a meal of something. I, I, it is annoying. I look at players several times and I think if you went down and act hurt, the ref would do something. The refs are not protecting players. Um, I think um, Jack Grealish is being fouled consistently. Pepe is being kicked from pillar to post. Greenwood on the result of a madness. I've seen Rashford on the result of a madness. The referees are not protecting certain players and there's a lot of inconsistencies with the refereeing like VAR. You know, I'm not excusing Eddie and Ketty's challenge. It's reckless play. But how does Eddie get sent off? But Romeo didn't. Again, it looked sinister and it looked intentional from Romeo. But if you want to play, it's not intentional. Just because uh, someone hasn't gone there with malice or hurt someone does not mean it's reckless play. You know, that could have really injured Mason Greenwood. And Romeo's probably going to get away with it. I mean, it's sad. And I mean, after not reviewing Tarkovsky's tackle on Bowen after just a yellow card when that game happened... Um, obviously to see this go unpunished is ridiculous and it's the latest sort of segment or story where VAR, you're you're seeing too many grey areas around things. If it's not this, it's certain goals, you know. In one context, one goal stands, the exact same goal, the exact same scenario in a different context in literally a game. It doesn't count because of several other factors. There's too many grey areas. There's too many blurred lines, people. And I think the referees need to do more to protect people, really and truly. I'd also like to move on and shout out to Akinfemwa. You know, he's a funny guy and you all saw Wickham Wanderers have been promoted to the Premier League. Um, and, you know, I, and I, I'd like to ask you, look, I, you know, water breaks. I'm not a fan of the water breaks thing, but I'm the, I am a fan of, you know, the five substitutions thing and actually allowing more people on the bench. Now, obviously, the one big sheg is it favours bigger teams or teams with bigger squads. Um, I like the fact that you can't, you know, have five opportunities to make five one substitutions, like one sub five times and dead the game. You have to do it within three opportunities. I think it's good, man. I think it gets more people on the be- on the bench, on the pitch as well, and gives more options. And I mean, Didier Deschamps has been a big fan of it. He said, five substitutes, I really like it. There's a higher risk of injury with the end of the season. And in the new one, some players are facing high rhythm. Two substitutions, more poor game, gives more options. If this is extended, I'm for it. Um, he also said he wouldn't mind extending his French deal. But I, yeah, I don't mind five subs really and truly. Again, it, it goes against the smaller teams, but I think it could be a big help, people, really and truly. Um, and definitely when you look at Norwich, they made four substitutions at half time. It definitely can shake up the dressing room, people. Um, 
Moving away away from that though, and James McLean, he's been very critical of football authorities, his Irish teammates and the media in relation to the abuse, both racial and the just all the abuse he's received. He said, I received and have received more abuse than any other player during my nine years in England. And he's got a crap load of it, people. 12-year-old boy boys get arrested for posting racial abuse online to Zaha. Again, rightly so. Has anyone ever been held accountable for mine? No. Have I ever had my abuse condemned by the media? No, quite the opposite. The slightest that I might do might cause offence to anyone is highlighted by them. He also got at his teammates. He said, I have seen some of my fellow Irish teammates post a black square in support of anti-racism as well as posting as well as post and condemning discrimination. Again, rightly so. Have I ever seen any of them ever post a public condemnation of the discrimination I get, which is funny enough, is the discrimination against them also? That would be a no. Does one kind of discrimination hold a higher bearing over another kind of discrimination? And he has received a lot of abuse, people. He has received a lot of abuse. And, you know, I couldn't tell you why this is the case. Um, and, and, and for him, he, I guess you have to say... McLean possibly have you spoken up on any other incidences that are not affecting yourself because it's the same logic you're accusing other players and it's the same thing I say with others as well man it's, it's annoying that teammates don't stand up and be counted but we know they're scared and they don't want to do things and I have great sympathy for McLean because he has received a lot of abuse because of his Irish roots because of his never the fact that he's never hid it because of his refusal to wear a poppy he has been on been on the abuse and he should feel alone and isolated because he has been neglected by authorities you know not supported by his teammates and it is obviously upsetting when that happens people without a shadow of a doubt um, moving away from that rather sad story you all saw Manchester City bus case Manchester City have successfully overturned their two-year ban from European competitions the court of arbitration for sport announced the club were cleared um, of obviously wrongdoing in relation to inflating their sponsorship contributions um, as you lot know, UEFA issued a ban. They still have to pay the fine, but UEFA issued a ban in February, ruling that there were serious breaches from 2012 to 2016. The fine, which was £26.9 million, million pounds, has been cut to €10 million, Euros, which is probably around 11, nine, anything from 9 to 11. I don't know the currency fluctuation thing at this moment in time. Um, on Monday, obviously, Cass, the court said, City did fail to cooperate with UEFA authorities, but overturned the decision by UEFA's football financial um, control body. UEFA said it noted that there was insufficient conclusive evidence to uphold all of the CFCB's conclusions in this specific case and that many of the alleged breaches were time barred. Um, as you lot know, the bulk of this is because of in November 2018, um, German newspaper De Spiegel alleged that City had inflated the value of their sponsorship deal, misleading footballs, European footballs, um, governing body um, SAS City said the decision was a validation of the club's position and the body of evidence that it was able to present the club wishes to thank the panel of members for their due diligence and the due process that they administrated administrated um, UEFA has a, and also crucially for City you know they bus case they're allowed in the market seeing Liverpool blow them away they're obviously gonna you or you would hope some serious surgery in this in the summer and with and obviously with UEFA announcing that you know FFP has kind of relaxed this campaign the 2020 and 2021 campaign campaigns will be rolled into one single account due to the coronavirus it's happy days for City so yeah they bust case um in other news I'm all sure you've seen Highland you know Highland can score on a on a pitch score in the Champions League he clearly can't score out of the pitch I'm sure you all saw 
in Norway. He obviously got kicked out of the club. And I mean, it's always funny because you have to remember these guys are teenagers. I don't know if he was too drunk. I don't know if he was badly behaved. I don't know if he got kicked out for his own safety or a fight. He just got kicked out. And, you know, he's a teenager. He's going to go through that. That's probably the most teenager like you've seen from him this, this, this season. And it's probably, it's funny, obviously... He needs to conduct himself a certain way and you don't want to see this sort of stuff because of his position. But he's still a young man. He's still going through life. Like, you, you can't stop. You, you need to think of a sec to just stop and be a normal teenager, which he was allowed to do. And obviously, that his dad will probably clap him around the ears and his dad kind of poked fun of him on Twitter and he's back to the training ground. But yeah, man, it's nice to see players are actually young. Um, away from that, though, there was only one positive coronavirus result. From the two hundred, from the two thousand or test in the latest Premier League testing round, the person has not been identified and will obviously self-isolate. The positive test arrived in the thirteenth round of testing, which was conducted from the sixth to the twelfth of July. Moving away from that, and finally, people, there's not much to speak about in relation to transfers, but apparently, Lille have received offers from Arsenal and Everton for their centre back Gabriel, but he is expected to join Napoli with Osimhen, their striker, for about 22 to 25 million euros. That's from Lekeep. Um, I would like Gabriel without a doubt. I'm sure you've all seen Norwich have been relegated and their sporting director Stuart Webber says the bidding for the club's best young talent this summer starts at 20 million each. He said, we are, in a difficult, we are difficult to negotiate with when we are selling and we hold all our cards on our young players. Not one of them has less than three years left on their contracts. They owe us, we owe them. Um, I don't think they owe you anything. I think, you know, you you scouted them, you've brought them through, you've given them a Premier League opportunity, but they've got there because of their hard work. At some level, wherever Max Aarons, Ben Godfrey, etc. were all identified, they were there because of their ability. Of course, you've coached, but it's down to their hard work and de determination. I think they've given you all they've owed. They, they've helped you get promoted. They've helped you try and stay in the Premier League. And um, I don't think you only think. Of course, with that being said, um, sport... Um, He's correcting that Norwich owe it to themselves to get the best money, especially being relegated. You know, if they get this money, it can help them secure their future. It can also help them maybe bounce back or have a stronger push of potentially bouncing back in the league, people. Simple as that. Um, and obviously with the British premiums, you know, you could easily, even 60 million for, for Ben Godfrey, Max Ahrens and Jamal Lewis or Cantwell would be too, 80 million for all of them would probably be too cheap. You know, obviously coronavirus has shagged them. Um, but they could probably make a lot of money with the premium and it's their job to get the highest money. Max Aaron's, you know, they're saying 20 million. You could probably get that done for 2030 with Corona. Maybe they say, I would like him. I'd like Ben Godfrey and I wouldn't mind Cantwell. Um, but they're in no rush. If they if they don't move, great. They've got players that are only going to get better and only going to be sold. You know, they're tied down for a significant part of their contracts. Like you said, they haven't. None of them have got less than three years. You would imagine the Brendias, who's not English, but the Brendias, the Cantwells, the Godfreys, the Aarons, the potentially Jamal Lewis. I don't think Pukki because he's kind of been a bit meh in this season, but he seems someone that could might be able to get a move somewhere in the Premier League if it's another promoted team. But the names I definitely said before him, they can all get moved. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Apparently, um, Madrid are hell-bent on bringing Kylian Mbappe to Real Madrid, um, to Real Madrid. Um, in 2021 and we'll begin negotiating for a year's time with PSG and I know PSG have been trying to extend Mbappe's contract. Liverpool are looking to sell Dijon Lovren who's been linked with a host of clubs, um, people. Um, maybe they, I don't know, well, they need a centre-half and clearly at 31, Lovren's given them all they potentially can. Um, yeah, 
Um, away from that, apparently Chelsea are ready to trade Kepa for Old Black. Um, apparently, Frank Lampard's side will also have to stump up a transfer fee. And to be fair, they're in a difficult position. They gave Kepa a lengthy contract. They get put, bought him for big money. You know, really have to try and force him out or think of it. It will take a lot of time to think of an operation to get him out before a keeper can come in. It really is a costly mistake and he's evidently declining already. You know, you can always get it back, but who knows? Um, away from that, Nice apparently are making a move for former Manchester City player um, Ronnie, Lo Ronnie Lopez um, of Sevilla, who's been a bit of, you know, he's floated a bit. I'm sure he's been at Monaco. Finally, you know, Ndombele, he's been a bit woeful for him at Spurs in his debut campaign. Apparently, Bayern Munich are preparing a move for him. Some reports say on loan, some players, people say permanently. We'll have to see. Um, Valencia winger Fernand Torres allegedly has an agreement with Manchester City in place to um, join their to join their squad, and that will be something Pep Guardiola does. Apparently, Guardiola will be handed 150 million to bolster his side, and apparently, Koulibaly is on that list. Um, hopefully, they sell John Stones and they can sell John Stones to Arsenal. Even though I don't think John Stones is amazing, I just think we could get him at a cup price, and he fits what Arteta wants, and he could get his confidence back, and Arteta knows about him. Um, finally, in relation to to City and the final rumour. Apparently City will offer Pep Guardiola a new long-term deal after the ban was overturned and I mean, you know, boosted funds in the transfer market, a new deal, this shows that you're here for the long term and Pep doesn't stay at clubs too long, you'd probably think he was going to keep it moving but there's unfinished business. You'd imagine maybe he would leave if he won the Champions League and they're still in it but you'd imagine he wants to give a stronger fight for the Champions League. For me, just on the domestic campaign, I don't have Pep Guardiola leaving. If he did if he did what Liverpool did and blew them away by 20 points, he might leave but I don't think Pep would want to leave going out to the way they have against Liverpool, you know, Liverpool, City have won, I probably lost the most games I've seen in a, in a recent while and they've probably declined by all stats since still good but, you know, declined by their own high standards and, you know, there's a chance of a rebuild so I think maybe Pep one season at the minimum would want to improve that and you'd imagine the sort of manager Pep is I don't know if he's in, eyeing international management and maybe another Prem role maybe a return to Spain or maybe a league he hasn't yet tasted like the Italian league, you know, you'd imagine that's what Juventus are missing. Juventus, for me, I know they've got Ronaldo, but they're missing a name or something like that. And they're missing a real quality coach. Like, I, I, I listen, Conte was their former manager. Conte was sick. Fari, Sarri is a great manager, but you know what I mean in it. Like, if they get Pep Guardiola, I'm not going to say they're going to win champs because he didn't do it at Munich, but he takes them up a level. And to be fair, some of the stuff that the groundwork that Pep set at Munich, especially with the way the players think, are still prominent to this day. So we'll see what happens, man. But in relation to this podcast, it's been a lovely 56 or so minutes with you people. Obviously, the Premier League, by the time some of you see this Premier League action, might have been kicking off already. But you guys know I'll be back again this week to preview the other football. Forgot to mention it, but also, obviously, like, you know, Arsenal have Man City in the FA Cup on Saturday. There's nothing to say other than hope for the best, prepare for the worst sort of thing. On that note, though, whatever you're doing, please take care. Obviously, please follow my, my, my socials, DeludedGuna04 and everything, apart from Snap, which is DGuna04. You know, you know my YouTube, DeludedGuna, if you don't know about it. All the stuff is in the descriptions. Do not be lazy. Check out the descriptions. But for now, it's always a pleasure. DG, I'm out.